0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for watching. I got a really exciting video for you today. Uh, we have uh, Greg Dickerson on the line with us today. And as you can see, Greg's in his car. He, he pulled over uh, so we can have a chat. I really appreciate that. How are you doing today, Greg?
1: I'm doing great. How are you, Michael?
0: Uh, I'm doing wonderful. I really enjoyed the fact that you reached out. You saw what we were doing and you're like, you know what? I, I, I'd like to get on the channel and, and share with everybody sort of your story. And, and that's really what real estate investors are. The more and more you do this, you realize that people are sharing it and willing to give back. And you know, your, your story is, is particularly powerful. Uh, you know, $200 million in, in total deals. You've been an entrepreneur and created 13 companies. So, um, you know, why don't you tell everybody what you're doing today uh, and where, where, your, where your business is, and, and, and we'll start there.
1: Yeah, yeah, sounds good. So uh, right now I build spec houses. I do commercial development, uh, ground up, as well as, you know, buying buildings and renovating them, turning them into mixed use uh, or flex space for industrial uh, and I flip houses you know things of that nature I don't do a whole lot of wholesaling uh, I do more retail wholesales retailing or wholetailing I guess yep. uh, you call it uh, things like that so that's kind of how my my business exists and I do operate regionally so um, uh, I'm on the east coast I'm in Charlottesville Virginia and we just we just got 10 inches of snow Sunday <laughs> so uh, it's a lot yeah schools are closed been closed the last couple of days and uh Uh, So I do deals down uh, in North Carolina, on the Outer Banks of North Carolina, and in the Raleigh, Charlotte, um, Durham area, the Piedmont Triangle, they call it, all the way up to the D.C. area. So I'm about an hour from Washington, D.C., hour and a half. Um, I'm about an hour from Richmond, Virginia, which is the capital of Virginia, and then Hampton Roads, Virginia, which is where I'm from. And that's Virginia Beach, Norfolk, Portsmouth, Newport News. Uh, largest naval base in the world is there in Norfolk Naval Base. Wow. uh, Military area. So uh, that's kind of where I'm from. And so I do deals all up and down that corridor. So I'm always on the road out checking on projects, uh, especially today with all the snow, looking at some projects are going on, making sure, you know, everything's good and and nothing's nothing's going
0: wrong. Mother nature's hard when it throws 10 inches at you, I would guess. Absolutely. (laughs) So when I hear you tell your story, um, you know, uh, a new investor might be intimidated. But when we sort of break back what you're doing, yes, the numbers are impressive and the size is impressive. But what I hear you saying is you're looking at opportunities and finding opportunities to add value, right? That's really what you're doing, whether it's a house or a mixed use building or flex space or any of that, you're finding an asset that you could take your particular knowledge, do something to it and increase the value. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's value add and opportunistic, which, you know, sounds like the same thing, but they are two different strategies in the commercial real estate world. So value add is finding something that uh, is somewhat stable, maybe, you know, let's say a commercial strip center and it's got a couple of vacancies and it's kind of just looking old. So you come in and you get, you get those spaces leased up and you dress the building up curb appeal, a little bit of paint minor things, you know, to increase the income on that property, which increases the value of the property. Yeah. Uh, so that'd be more of a value add opportunistic is more where it's a deeper level where you might have to, uh, rehab an entire building, gut it, you mm. know, completely change the use or the purpose of the building or develop ground up. So those are the two things that I really focus on that I've kind of always focused on my entire career. Okay. And yeah, it can sound, the numbers can sound intimidating to some, to others, you know, it's chump change, but yeah, you know, it's been, I started in the business in 1997 as a builder. So yep. that, that's how I started. I started as a little remodeling contractor, uh, it was just me and my truck and my tools doing everything myself. My first year I did 250,000, seven years later, I had a $30 million building company. We were one of the largest builders in our area and I was doing land development, spec houses, commercial, you know, things like that. The other companies that I started along the way were kind of ancillary to what we were doing. So I had a plumbing company, electrical company, uh, hurricane shutter company, Uh. pool uh, landscaping company. A lot of this was down on the outer banks of North Carolina, which is a uh, summer resort rental area off the coast of North Carolina, big beach houses, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, so it sounds like a lot, but you know, it it was a lifetime. It's been a lifetime. I'm 51 now. Um, I moved to the outer banks in 1997 when I started that building company and you know, Uh, I went in the Navy right out of high school. So I don't have a college education. I graduated high school, uh, went in the Navy, did my four years, got out and uh, went to work. And, you know, I'm just a hard worker. I learned it all from the ground up. I built it all from the ground up and I did it through hard work and hard lessons. And I never had a mentor, so to speak, but I did partner with some people that were doing some investment deals and uh, that were developers that kind of taught me how to do, uh, you know, value add investment flips that taught me how to do spec houses, commercial and land development. So I kind of learned it all by doing, you know, along yeah. the way working with other people.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's what I you know, one of the things I hope people take from this is, you know, you didn't start with some kind of head start, right? Your 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 great grandfather wasn't the owner of the largest tract of land in North Carolina or whatever, right? You, you, you went to the Navy, did your four years, you came out and just worked, right? I love exactly. this. I love that. St- I started with my truck and my toolbox. I think that might be the title of this video. <laughs> I wrote that down. I think that's, a, that's an awesome title. Um, so I think, I think a lot of the, a lot of the videos that, that to date have been sort of value-add focused. So I'm really keen to scratch the opportunistic uh, angle of, of uh, other kind of deals that you look for. Can you sort of run through, it doesn't have to be exact numbers, but run through a deal that you've done, I don't know, over the last couple of years, sort of paint the vision of what you saw, right, the before state, Kind of what happened during the, you know, whatever you want to call it, the ground up or remodel or gutting or whatever, and then how the exit looked like, you know, sort of walk us through one of your opportunistic deals, if you don't mind. So
1: one that, you know, most, a lot of your people might understand, a lot of the viewers might understand on the residential side is uh, from a creative, you know, side, Okay. there was a piece of property that hit the MLS. It was a house uh, that had two uh, lots with it and it was all being sold as one parcel of land and it had a big price tag on it. Mm-hmm. So I went to the sellers, and you know, I just made an offer, and I—I I don't know. I mean, I think maybe it was four hundred thousand. It was the—it was the house and two lots. Yeah. And I made them an offer at two hundred fifty thousand, and you know, they came back to me, and my offer was based on okay, I could buy the property, uh, I could I could carve out the two lots, sell the house, and zero out my basis, and have the two lots for free, uh, build two smack houses, and sell those, right? Yep. So it was a long shot. I threw that offer in where it worked for me based on my numbers. Yeah. And the sellers came back and said, okay, we'll do the deal, but we are building a new house. So we need to be able to stay in our house while the new house is being built. And then, you know, we'll move at the end and you can take over this house. So I had to do a creative structure. So a lot of times, you know, there's, you know, when something comes on the market or comes available at a price that may look aggressive, sometimes there's other ways to make the deal work. So I agreed to it. So what we did was, and they needed some money for the down payment on their new house. Okay. So we went ahead and agreed on a purchase price of, I don't know, I think it was 200000 250000 something like that. Yeah. Uh, we gave them $50,000 to use as their down payment uh, for the new construction house they were building. Got it. And we allowed them to stay in the existing home while that 90-day process was going along. Uh, we didn't charge them any rent, hmm. uh, but they would not get the rest of their money until they vacated the house. Okay. And... Um, so 90 days later, everything was great. They left the house. We um, And actually, we escrowed the 50000 So they didn't even get that either until they moved out. Right. And then they got the rest of their money. Uh, and the builder was fine with that being an escrow. Sure. So they went ahead and started the house. Anyways, they moved out. Uh, we were able to begin construction on the houses next door while we were waiting for them to move out. So by the time ah, they moved out, geez. the two brand new houses were finished. They were on the market. And uh, we renovated the existing house, sold that. So basically, we ended up with two free lots. Uh, by the time the houses were done and sold, I think that whole deal made $250,000 in six months.
0: See, uh, you know, again, there's when, 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 we, when I interview people that are experienced, you just drop nuggets like it's nothing. So uh, a couple of things I wanted my subscribers to, to, to remember what he just said, right? So, a property came on, big price tag, probably scared a lot of people looking at the MLS because lots of people look at the MLS all the time, Realtor, Redfin, blah, blah, blah. They saw a number of 400 for a house and a bunch of dirt. They were immediately turned off because the house, let's just say, was worth 250 or 200. And they're like, I can't do anything with the dirt. No, a guy like you has been in the trenches, done the work, realized that, you know what? 400 is just a number. I'm going to offer what makes sense to me, which meant, okay, what do I think I can sell the house for? Get getting the lots for free. And then, oh, by the way, you had the experience to go out and build two spec houses and sell those and, uh, and do it on a timeline that makes sense. So I think there's just so much, yeah, so much in there to remember.
1: Well, and here's the key to that too. So at this time, You know, 2011 uh, time frame, I had sold my building company and had moved into the developer role. So I was hiring other builders to work for me. Ah. So I didn't build the house myself. Now, I've been a builder my whole career. I know how to build, but I hired another builder to build for me. And that's what I do now. So I work out of my house now, uh, my home office. And I have general contractors that work for me in the different markets that I do deals. Mm-hmm. And I have realtors that I'll use. I'm a real estate broker as well. I've got my license in two states. But a lot of times I'll list my properties with a real estate broker and I just yeah. I outsource everything. So I am the developer. I'm behind the scenes. My whole mission, my whole purpose in life is to find and create opportunities to add value to properties, to maximize you know the highest and best use of a property, to uncover the gold in that property. So in this case, I looked a little deeper in the MLS notes and it said two lots, you know, and a lot of people look at that and just, you know, wouldn't realize if they were buildable or what. So I yeah. did the due diligence and found out that they were buildable. And, um, and we built two very small spec houses. They were, you know, $135,000 each, three bedroom, two bath, 1500 square foot, just starter yeah. entry level homes. Um, the value of the land for that is about 80 to a hundred thousand. Um, okay. So we had that instant 80 to a hundred thousand for each, each yeah. lot built in because of the, the way we did the deal. And, uh, you know, hired the builder and he built them for us. Um, you know, we got them done. And I think, um, you know, what, what's really cool is when you say, okay, you made 250 grand on the deal. That sounds great. But what I look at more than anything else is, is time value of money. So it's not just what's that, what's that, you know, return on your cash over a year. It's what's the return on the cash for the entire time it was out for the project yeah. for the amount of capital out, because we didn't put up, the entire $250,000 to build those two houses or 270 all at once. Yeah. Right. We put 50,000 down on the entire project. And then we built the house and, and uh, brought the capital through draws as we went along. So the first draw on the two houses might've been 50 grand. Then it was, you know, another 50 and on, you know, throughout the, the draw schedule. So as the capital went out, the other house came available. We sold that. Capital came back in. So <laughs> I think we did a calculation on it. We might have only had a hundred thousand dollars out at risk at any given point in time, and we made two hundred fifty thousand off of that over yeah. a six-month period. So, yeah, so, really so that doesn't
0: suck. No, no, <laughs> That's not, not bad. bad. <laughs> That's funny. So again, you just keep dropping nuggets. I want to make sure the subscribers pick up on. So you you are an experienced builder. Uh, you're a licensed broker. You you can do lots of different parts of this job, but you don't. Your job is to find and create deals, right? Would, would you say that's right. your core competency? And then you outsource everything else.
1: Absolutely, I'm a leader, delegator, motivator. So my job is to ah, find like professionals it. that are the best at what they do and coach them to success, help them be better, more efficient, and uh, and get the job done. Not to micromanage every aspect of it and try to take on every aspect and squeeze every nickel out of, out of every single part of the job I can do. I mean, I'm, you'll never, <laughs> never in my career, would you find me at Lowe's picking out lights or, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, things like that. You know what I mean? I hire a professional designers. So yeah. when I was doing mega, you know, beach houses and multifamily deals, I'll hire a designer and I let them pick everything out. Yeah. And all they do is, is run it by me. And I, I tell them, I say, look, I know your style. You know, my style, you know what I like. I don't even care. Just go do it. That's Just what go. you're, you know, yeah. that's what you're hired and paid to do. Right. So Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I use professionals. I let them do their thing. I coach them to success. You know, if you're in racing, you don't buy a thoroughbred and lock them in the stall. Yeah. Right. So, you know, when you're, when you're hiring a professional to do a job and you're confident that they're, they're good and they're capable, you let them do their thing. Yeah. And that gives me more time to go find more deals. You know, the value that I bring to the table is finding the deals, creating the opportunity and bringing the the capital. Yeah. Uh, So that's what I focus on. And sure, I'm going to make, five to 10% less than somebody, if they did that whole deal themselves, but I got, I can do 10 of them while they can do one.
0: Exactly. That's what people need to pick up on the ability to outsource. And frankly, what I, what I, what I had to do is my job, my job like yours is I find and or create deals and I secure capital. That's all I'm responsible for. I outsource everything else. uh, Whether it was buy and hold for 15 years or or now the stuff that I, I flipped, uh, I just right.
1: Like- and then you don't need that huge overhead. And I've had that in my career. I mean, I've had, you know, 15, yeah. 20 people on staff, you know, in my career and with a million dollar a year overhead. And I just don't need that now. Yeah. You know, and at my age, you know, I can pick and choose and do less deals and, and yeah. get bigger tickets. And But that's how I spent my career was yeah. managing, you know, groups of people and doing a lot of things and in-housing a lot of things. And it was a whole separate company. So, you know, yeah. I used my building company to build for me. So I was still kind of doing the same thing. But yeah. I was still responsible for that overhead at the end of the day. And, yeah. you know, now I just, I just don't even, I have no interest in taking that on anymore. I just, I, you know, I like to find projects and, and uh, create opportunity for everybody to make money and leave enough uh, meat on the bone for everybody to make money from yeah. all of the contractors, all of the tradespeople, all of the realtors, everybody. and the end buyer. So whether it's an investor that I'm flipping an entitled project to or a developer, yeah. like a subdivision, yeah. Uh, or a end buyer i want them to have equity i want everybody to win yes uh, so that's Absolutely. really the
0: key yeah it's good like you know it's like we're like we're the same same person on, on different sides of the coast that that's the key to this right is is everybody has to be a part of this because there's two things that people don't kind of appreciate when you're talking about a deal first off this is a business as you've you've shown is, is long in duration, right? It's not like football or baseball where you have like a three year career and then you're done. This is a multi-decade career. The relationships you have, the, whether the buyer, salesman, tradesman, whatever, uh, you want to keep those and, and use them long term. So, um, exactly. Yeah, that, that's key. So just to wrap this section up, I, I, you, I love the overhead conversation, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask. So you talked about having a million dollar overhead before, lots of teams, lots of companies. You have zero overhead today. You have a couple of full-time people or what's overhead look like today uh, for you, Greg?
1: Yeah, everything is outsourced. So everybody I use from accounting and bookkeeping and, uh, you know, management, it's all outsourced because again, I do, I do bigger deals. So I manage the general contractors. Um, I've got realtors at list. So I've just recently in the last, you know, six months pared that down. Okay. You know, I did have more of an overhead over the last six months, but I've really reached a point in my career where I'm looking to do less, yes. <laughs> you know, no, on a daily
0: basis. I feel you. And, yeah. uh,
1: you know, I enjoy running the roads and looking at deals and coaching others and helping others. So that's what I focus on now. So yeah, everybody's outsourced and everybody, that's... everybody I use are independent contractors.
0: I, I uh, again, we are in sync. I have no overhead. I, I played with the idea of, you know, hey, how big do you want to go and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes your ego gets in the way and I'm like, nope, I'm happy now. I'm going to just do, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And, you know, the answer is if I have to add people, I'm not doing it. <laughs> uh,
1: exactly. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's plenty in this, in this day and age, you know, everybody's independent, you know, uh, you can find, you can find and outsource pretty much everything we do in real estate. So yeah, you, you know, and there's, there's a couple of schools of thought there. I mean, if you want to grow a company build a company, you know, that's great, but I've, yeah. I've done that.
0: Yeah. Been and, there, done that. <laughs> uh,
1: exactly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking to slow down a little bit and yeah. and be, be conservative and you know the market's a little funny right now oh, so yeah. it's, it's turning it uh, over for
0: sure. Yeah.
1: It, exactly. So I just I want to kind of sniff it out. Now for me it's really hard to balance cuz I love a challenge. I love building things. I love yeah. building companies so you know, I do get the bug every once in a while where I think, you know, Hey, it'd be great to build this, you know, operation and do this, but yeah. I live vicariously through others. There you go. I, <laughs> so, I couldn't
0: agree more. Yeah. I, I spend as, as this channel, so short of highlights, I spend a lot of time helping people in their twenties and thirties, either get started or take that next step. Because like you said, I can live vicariously and get that little drip of, of reminder, and then come back home and go. God, I'm glad I don't have to do that every day.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. I, I, you know, I'll do it helping others and through others and through the people that I'm doing deals with. So, yeah. you know, for you and me, our time is better spent finding opportunities, Absolutely. bringing the value out of them, and coaching others to build their company. Doing our projects, you know. Great. So I'd, yeah. I'd rather do that, you know, all day long.
0: I couldn't agree more. So I'd be remiss if we didn't rewind the clock. because clearly very successful. I love everything you're doing. It's it's a uh, it, 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 this first ten or fifteen minutes, people are just going to love. But let's remind everybody that you don't start where you are, right? Go no. back and remind everybody about the truck and the toolbox and sort of how you cut your teeth and uh, talk about some of the early deals and, and things you did there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you know, I I was working, uh, you know, after the military, before the military, and, and after the military, I was in construction and restaurants and uh, you know out there just working, making eight ten bucks an hour, just mm-hmm. like anybody else. But I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit. As a young child, I raked yards, cut grass, did whatever I could do to make money. Yep. So I was just a natural entrepreneur. I worked a few jobs and learned construction. Uh, in fact, I was working in a restaurant, and uh, there was a guy doing an addition on it, and he said, "Hey, you know, I was I don't know 16 at the time before the military." He said, "Hey, I'll pay you 20 bucks if you come clean up after me." I said, "Okay." So I started doing that, and he. Yeah. I, I'm a hard worker, so he he liked me, and and I started following him around and and doing more and learning more, and uh, eventually. Um, you know, started helping him do some construction. He was doing commercial construction. So I kind of learned, you know, a lot of those aspects. Um, then I go in the military, did my four years. I get out and the only thing I knew were restaurants and construction. So huh. I went back to work doing those two things. I always had two jobs, construction during the day, restaurants at night. Wow. So in, uh, in 1997, I decided to move to the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And um, uh, I moved down there. I wanted to be in the restaurant business and I was working in the restaurant industry at the time, wanted to open my own restaurant. And I decided to get into construction instead. It was so busy, uh, nobody could return a phone call or, or show up when they said they would to do anything. So I started talking to my friends and they said, oh yeah, there's this huge opportunity. And I had some skills. So I quit my job and risked it all, two young kids. <laughs> had no money really to, to speak of. I had some credit cards and I had a little bit of equity in my house and used a line of credit on my house to, wow. to get started. And I, I went out and I started doing a little odd jobs. And I mean, the first job I did was, uh, some handyman kind of stuff for a friend of mine that owned a restaurant down there. And then I built a little, uh, little deck for another guy and started trimming some houses for other builders. And just, you know, literally, like I said, I did two fifty, two hundred fifty thousand 250,000, my first year in remodeling my second year, I did seven fifty, Um, you know, so the way that progressed, it was just me doing everything. And then when I got busy enough, then I hired somebody to help me in the field. And then, uh, more, so I was still doing everything, doing the books, bidding the jobs, oh. getting the materials on the job working. Wow. And then I hired another guy. So then there was three of us. And then I said, Okay, now I'm going to hire uh, somebody to run the jobs. And I'm just going to be out doing the bidding, get the materials and overseeing and not working on the job, you know, in the field. Yeah. Uh, and then next thing you know, I get a, a bookkeeper working for me part time. So now we're at 750 a year going yeah. towards a million to our third year. And um And then it became, it came to a point to where I started doing a bunch of guerrilla marketing, which you know we're in the marketing business, right? So I did a bunch of marketing, started bringing in a bunch of leads, and my my bookkeeper went full time, became an office manager, and then my job was 100% all day long on the road. I've kind (laughs) of always I've had an office and all that, you know, my whole career, but I'm never in it. I've always never in
0: it. I can imagine. There's dust on the seat.
1: Literally. So my job then was, and this was back in the days when we had the mobile installs in the truck and pagers, right? So oh, we yeah. didn't even have smartphones. This is, you know, <laughs> 2000, 99, 2000. Oh man, we're so, old. <laughs> yeah. So my job was to uh, go north to south. So the Outer Banks is very linear and it's, you know, uh, I'd go up north and I'd, I'd make sales calls and I'd meet people and I'd give them estimates right there on the spot, handwritten. Yeah. And I'd go from north to south. And that was my job all day, every day was to meet clients, look at yeah. projects and bring the work in. And at that point, I'd grown to 21 employees. I had uh, three superintendents running, uh, you know, five or six crews out in the field. And that's all I did all day long was sales. The calls would come into the office. She'd page me and dispatch me to wherever I needed to go and lining up my appointments so that, you know, I'd go from north to south, wow. you know, every day. Woo. So, you know, we were doing that and everything was great. and We were busy and we we're doing, you know, a couple million dollars a year and, and you know, but we weren't making any money. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck is what, going on? What's going on? Yeah. So, you know, hourly employees, right? So, you know, all my, all my labor was in-house. It was hourly employees. I had all these trucks on the road and I'm paying, you know, health insurance and vacation and just all Uh these things and tools are disappearing and materials are disappearing and people aren't working when they're supposed to. So I finally decided, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to start building houses. Uh And I'd met somebody, a friend of mine who was a developer out of Northern Virginia. And he started showing me how to build spec houses and talking to me about doing development. He said, look, man, you got to, you know, you got to do this. So, we started building you know little spec houses down on the outer banks, and I took all of my guys and turned them into subcontractors. So now they were independent um, contractors. And was like it was my first step towards outsourcing. Yeah, uh, and I started hiring all subcontractors. As soon as I made that switch from in-house to subcontractors, I started making money, and uh, ah. and my whole game changed. So then we went to seven and a half million you know, then we did 12 million. And then I think our, you know, our seventh year in, we hit that, that 27, $30 million range and I sold everything. 2004, 2005, right at the peak of the market. Oh, good for first- you,
0: Dan. That's good timing.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. sold my first building company and a lot of the properties I had and, and projects. And then I just, you know, stepped into more of the developer role from kind of that point on. Yeah. And, uh, and then 2009, we all, we all got put out of business yeah. and I had to reinvent and start over. So, Along the way, I started building big beach houses, you know, million-dollar-plus beach houses. I built three of the largest houses ever built down in Nags Head, North Carolina. Wow. And, uh, you know, post-2009, you had to kind of reinvent yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So I was doing spec houses and rental houses and all that. You know, the financing dried up. The opportunities dried up. And nobody was buying those things. Yeah. So I started, started building the little beach houses, you know, three bedroom, two bath, 1500 square foot starter homes. And Mm -hmm. these things were costing 125, 130,000, which is what the kitchens would cost in the bigger (laughs) houses I was building pre 2009. Right. That's funny. So I switched to that model and started building those and they were affordable and there was a market for it. And I was doing 10 to 12 of those a year, totally outsourced, hiring another builder to work for me. Um, You know, I was a realtor, so I'd just list them myself and, you know, it was easy we were doing 10 12 of those a year 15 of them a year and you know just kind of rolled on through that for a while until the land inventory kind of dried up for a little while and yeah. you know now i don't know i've got about three of them going right now and uh, so i've continued to do those over the years and totally outsourced got somebody else building them for me and and uh yeah so you know that's just one of the little things that uh that i do and that's kind of how my career progressed so it sounds easy it sounds overnight but man i was working you know oh. 60 80 hours a week you know uh, a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of effort, thinking the way to do it is to have it all in-house, control everything. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was trying to buy lumber wholesale and just all these different things as I went along, right? And just, yeah. and I really learned it all the hard way. And at the end of the day, found out if I would have done business back then, the way I do now, man, I, you know, we'd be talking about over a billion dollars, not 200 million.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's uh, Again, there's so many things in that story, right? You don't have to do it all yourself. You don't, you're, you're, you don't have to, for me, right? I'll put it in my words. You don't have to have your ego drive, you know, building a bigger company and being this big thing. Right. At least for me, my ego sometimes makes me make stupid decisions. And, yeah. uh, you know, that experience that you went through and you shared, I hope people are picking up on, right. It's know what you're good at. You don't have to do this. You can outsource, make people 1099, make sure there's enough for everybody to eat. And you're just, you just bought time to do more. Right. That's, that's exactly. kind of a lesson learned
1: and live life on your own terms. So yeah, yeah, everybody point. else has to deal with, yeah. especially now with cost increases and, you know, labor shortages. Uh, it's very difficult, you know, time and development and construction right now. It's, it's very difficult. And I've been to a couple of little, uh, real estate seminars and, and, um, masterminds lately. And, you know, which I, I do some speaking engagements here and there and talking to other investors and everybody's having a hard time with contractors yeah. and they're just spread so thin. So, Let that be somebody else's problem. And then if you want to do bigger deals, it's so much easier because you can go, you don't have to learn it on your own. You find a contractor and developers and partners that are already doing big deals and you learn through them with them, doing deals with them versus trying to go out there and just do it all on your own and spend all that time, energy and effort. And at the end of the day, you know, potential losses financially, significant losses, bigger deals. Absolutely. I know there's a mentality out there of syndication, things like that, where people say, oh, just go tie up a property and then go raise money and syndicate the deal and everything's going to be great. You know, and I mean, there's a lot more to it than that. It's not that simple. If it was, a lot more people would be doing it. So. Um, yeah. The best thing to do is find somebody that's already doing the kind of deals, the kind of business you want to do and go partner with them, you know, and bring something to the table, yep. uh, whether it's the legwork or the capital or, you know, whatever it is you can bring to the table and man, you'll you'll just fastball your way through it.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, one of the things you sort of hit, hit on there that I'm a, a big believer in is when markets roll over the gurus come out of the network. So now the gurus are talking about syndication or value out apartment buildings. There's there's a whole bunch of talk about wholesaling, virtual wholesaling now, which I think is a crime, Um, you know, all of these different areas. But for me, that's a red flag, right? Because, you know, it's, if it was that easy to, to your point, everybody would be doing it and people are losing what the real value is. The real value isn't in, you know, getting 10 friends and, and, or whatever to throw in some money. It's about understanding the value, putting the deal together, the structure. So your advice about going and partnering with someone or working with someone who's done that, been there, done that is, 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 is the right way to do it versus, you know, buying some course or or, or something in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And that's one of the ways I built my construction company so fast. When I started, when I decided to build new construction houses, I'd never built one, right? I'd yeah. never built a house from the ground up. So I went and hired experienced people in my local market that were working for some of the biggest companies already building yeah. some of the biggest houses. I had no idea how to build a million dollar beach house. So I went to my largest competitor and I hired his best people and, and brought them to work for me. So we, we had an instant company, just, just add capital, right. And, right. Uh, and customers. And what I knew how to do was market and I knew how to generate leads. So, uh, I took the professionals that already knew what they were doing and I coached them to success, but more importantly, I allowed them the opportunity to do their job. Yeah. So, when you have somebody, whether it's an employee or a contractor, if you're paying a professional, you know, to do their job. I mean, the last thing you're going to want to do is come in to number one and do it for them, or tell them how to do it. Oh, you should be hiring people much smarter and much better than you, and partnering with people much smarter and much better. I mean, if you walk in a room of your employees or your partners and you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room.
0: <laughs> oh, amen <laughs> you know? to that. Amen to that. So that that's been great. So, you know, I know you're I know you're busy and on the road. Why don't we Why don't we skip forward and and you have any vision of what you see yourself doing in three to five years? Are you just going to kind of stay status quo? Are you Are going to go live in the Caribbeans for a year? What do uh, the next three to five years hold for Greg?
1: Well, you know, I'm going to continue to do, uh, you know, larger deals. Um, you know, I like the value-add stuff. I like the development opportunities. Um, I'm very cautious with the retail office uh, landscape right now. Multifamily is tricky. But with interest rates rising, um, there's going to be some opportunities. But uh, I like to do fewer, bigger deals. You know, my whole business philosophy is to make the most amount of money in the least amount of time, energy, and effort possible. And <laughs> wow. with the way I'm say, structured Say that now,
0: again. That's, that's awesome. One more time. That's, that's got to be repeated.
1: Yeah. To make the most amount of money in the least amount of time with the least amount of energy and effort possible.
0: Love that. So where are you taking yeah, and, this thing?
1: And the way we're structured, we can work, you know, until we're 90. Right. Because, you know, we're not out there beating, you know, beating the streets and getting it done. I mean, we're leveraging the assets and talents of others. You know, that's that's where the greatest rewards are is when you find champions, coach them to success, leverage the assets of others and uh, and build off of that.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. So I want to turn over this last portion of this video uh, to you or this interview to you. Just, you know, just share uh, whatever you'd like. Uh, Ask for help or uh, whether you need private money or whatever you need and, and any advice you have for the channel. So th- this is yours and I'll, I'll be quiet.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we are out uh, doing deals. So we're always looking for uh, capital uh, to go into the deals. We do the bigger deals um, and uh, it's all, you know, it's all secured investments. We don't do a lot of syndication. We, we typically do uh, we place investors in one deal uh, so that it's easy and it's clean, you know, things like that. So Uh, So I'm always looking for joint venture opportunities and and capital investors that want to get into some of these projects. Uh, I'm always looking for operators uh, in in markets, you know, to do deals with. So if somebody has a project or an opportunity and they're not quite sure what to do with it, um, I'll come alongside them uh, and kind of help them work through it. So I'm always available to anybody. My website's gregdickerson.com. All my contact info is on there. And, um, you know, feel free to reach out to me anytime. Uh, And I do do a lot of that. I have people all over the country that either have land or have a building or have an opportunity and they don't know what to do with it or how to do it. So I'll come alongside them and work with them and kind of help them, you know, figure out the highest and best use and put that deal together, find capital, find developers and find contractors, uh, to get the project done. So, uh, those, those are the types of things that I have going on now. And I really enjoyed, I like looking at deals and opportunities and I've got a network all over the country. It's, it's a lot of fun, uh, you know, to be able to do that.
0: Yeah. You, you, you set it up right. Um, you know, and again, we're very similar on the, on the private money side. I, I will never do a deal where I have to put in multiple investors in one transaction. It's just too hard. I don't want even the perception of playing favorites. So one deal, one investor, and if I need more capital, it's my capital. Uh, I'll never yeah. mix. I'll never mix investors. It's I, I, syndication and the whole, you know, let's have 10 or hundred or a thousand people in on one property, just too scary. At least it scares me. I'm sure it's great. But uh, I don't have to, so I'm never going to do one of those.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I look at everything from the standpoint of not what can go wrong, but how can I be wrong about this? You know, what, yeah. what's going to happen? What's going to take us out? And when you've got, you know, a number of people mixed into something, I mean, basically the day you sign on the dotted line, if you're borrowing money, so most syndicators are, are raising equity and they yeah. still have to get debt. Yeah. The day you close on that loan, you're in default you know, a lot of people don't realize the bank can call your loan anytime they want. And if we get another economic situation uh, and interest rates go up, you know, the bank can all of a sudden say, you know what, we're not making enough money on this. Let's call this loan. And they'll find a reason to call it syndication. One of them, you know, banks don't like multiple uh, equity investors on title with properties that puts you in default. A lot of people don't realize that. So you got to be careful. It does work. I'm not saying it doesn't work. What I'm saying is from a risk standpoint, you got to be careful. So if one of those things goes wrong, and you've got 10, 15, 20 people you put into a deal, that's a whole lot of people to have to answer to when things go wrong. If you've got one person, the right person, and patient capital, and I'm going to use that term patient capital, that's where you have capital that doesn't need their money back anytime soon. They can stick it out, thick or thin, good or bad. They understand the risk. Uh, And you know, you, you know, that's the way to do it. So that's the way I like to do it. I like to have You know, the capital set aside for different projects, and just have one person. That's what we're doing. And uh, you know, try to eliminate uh, you know any kind of personal guarantees on debt as much as you can. You know, the last thing you want to do is for sure put equity and guarantee debt. You know, one or the other. You know, I try not to put any equity or debt if I can help it, because I do have people that that like to invest. Yeah. Um, But if you have to, you don't want to do both. That's where you can. That's where you can get
0: taken out totally agree. Uh, Greg, I want to thank you for pulling over and doing this conversation. Uh, I I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot. So I know the subscribers are. Um, I just want to thank you for uh, being willing to talk to us today. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I appreciate you having me. I enjoyed it. And uh, we'll have to do it again sometime.
0: I look forward to that.